You realize we spend a third of our life sleeping? I know, stuck in traffic was a good guess, too. But now that you know you sleep so much, why aren't you sleeping on the most comfortable mattress arguably made in America? A brand new iComfort Eco by Serta. It's supportive and designed to keep you cool, comfortable, and feeling restored. Or check out Serta's perfect sleeper for pressure-relieving comfort and support while maintaining a balanced temperature. Serta mattresses made right here in Michigan, and they have been for over 110 years. Go to Serta.com. Find a retailer near you. That's Serta.com. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, cash the ticket. Great to be with you guys. It is Derby week. It is the Derby episode. Uh, I'm going to try to cater to as many people as possible. First things first, if you're seeing this on your phone or you're listening, uh, we've already done the draw breakdown. I've already given you a little bit of a Oaks Day breakdown with some of the steak races. Uh, you can go and get that. And as always, rate, review, subscribe. And, and again, I know for some, I'm not going to go deep enough with this. Uh, for others, uh, it'll probably be a little much. So in maybe in many ways, I'm not hitting the mark for anyone. But what I can't do is just geek out for the horse players out there because, guys, you know it. We all love the sport, but uh, there's not a lot of us. Uh, and I do want to get more people involved. So bear with me, and hopefully you pull some value out of this somewhere. So let me start with this before we go derby specific. And on the episode... Um, I just want to do a minute on how you even begin the process of handicapping. How do you learn? Uh, I'll explain a little bit about how I approach handicapping. Doesn't mean it's right. I'm just giving you what I do. Uh, I want to break down the derby and show you the way to approach a massive 20-horse field. We'll do a little all-stakes preview. I'm going to give you a late double that I'm going to play. Uh, and then the derby and how I'll bet it, how I approach it. So without further ado, let's get into it. So for people just starting, um, and I have friends who have gone to the big races with me. They enjoy the track. They enjoy the trips, but they don't necessarily handicap. They don't study. Uh, they just enjoy the event and the party. And you get the question, well, how do I even begin this? So the way I've described it is a past performance. So you go to daily racing form. That's where I would go. And you use a classic past performance. Uh, they have a formulator one, which is more computer heavy. You can punch in parameters. It will spit out different numbers. Just work with me. There are multiple companies who provide past performances. View it like when you're looking at a football team and you pull up the schedule, who they've played, the scores, the stats, where their offense ranks, where their defense ranks, et cetera. That's past performances. Um, you can use time form, you could use Brisnet, you could use, if you're really into the game, like I am, you could use something called the Thoroughgraphs, uh, the Ragazins, uh, guys, you can go to a different dimension with this. For our purposes, you want to start, you're going to get yourself a daily racing form past performance. You go to drf.com. So the way I do it, and again, I view it like a craps table. Stay away from the middle of the board. The middle of the board is a lot of sexy and sultry stuff. 
but for learning purposes, you stay away from it. Well, it's the same with a horse racing program. So the data you're going to be presented with is so copious. It's so immense that you want to simplify this and go, okay, what is a baseline for how I'm going to do this? And I think the best way is this. You can't even begin handicapping until or unless you look at what type of fucking race are we even running here? I'm serious about this. It'd be like betting a football game and you don't pay attention to where the game's being played. It's crazy. And for some of you who want to be smart asses, you go, well, there's no home field advantage in horse racing. Bullshit. Horse for the course. Certain horses love racing on certain surfaces at certain tracks. And that data is in the past performances. So one of the things I like to do is this. I'm a big believer in... I don't like betting horses that are being asked to do something they've never done before. So outside of a maiden special weight where nobody's won a race, when you get into a big day, derby day, you start looking at things and you go, okay, has this horse won a graded stake? Has this horse run at this distance? Has this horse run at this track? Has this horse run on this surface? You begin parsing data. And a lot of times on these big days with big paydays, you'll see horses trying a shorter distance or going longer. You'll see horses uh, switching a surface. You'll see horses off a layoff, meaning, hey, they're off an 80-day break. Well, what does the data say? How have they handled that type of break before? Do they run well off of it? Do they need a race to knock the rust off, et cetera? So in the Oaks preview, part of what I did was, look, in your program, you go to the top right, you're going to see the lifetime statistics and all that. But then you'll see underneath 2023 and 22, you'll see a C and a D there. Stands for Churchill Downs. What what has this horse done at this track? And I firmly believe in this and other people won't. Um, I'm just telling you how to approach it when you start. Uh, I think looking at those basic things of, okay, well, how long is this race? How has this horse done this? What has he done at the distance? Well, you'll, you'll see that, DST. What has he done on this surface? There's even a little moniker for what has he done if it rains? Uh, what has she done if it's a fast track? It's all there for you. Comb it. Just look at it a little bit. I understand the middle of the graph is scary. I understand you see a shit ton of numbers. And yes, in bold, you'll see a speed figure. But overall, you can you can go as deep into this or as shallow as you want. But what I would always do, don't let the odds influence you. Try to look at what is this horse, view it as a football team. What is this team being asked to do today? And has it done it? Hell, cash ticket. You hear Jim and I sit here and go, Well, this team hasn't gone on the road yet this season. And hey, first time starter on the road, first road game of the year. That's not a team want to bet on, right? So why would it be any different with a horse? Horse has never had to try this distance. This horse is shipping over from Europe, hasn't run a a race in the States yet. This is a horse that doesn't perform off a leg. You can parse all of that. How I do it begins and ends with strip the odds, build a case. I go through every horse of every race that I'm going to bet on, and I try to build a case. Can this horse win this race? Yes or no? Is it foolproof? Absolutely not. (laughs) Absolutely not. 
Um, but I'm trying to find ways to get prices into my bets. I hate favorites. I try to beat them. There are going to be favorites you're not going to work around. I think there's a couple on this Derby Day card. But I try to build cases. I'll look back in this horse's history. How far back do I have to go? What was the occurrence on that day? What can I parse that would give this horse a reason to include in some of my bets? So combining some of the data, an understanding of the numbers, and then personal bias does take over. You know, what trainers do I respect? How's their barn running? What jockeys do I respect? How are they riding? I mentioned in the Oaks episode, I mean, Irad Ortiz, who is one of the best jockeys in America and a big race rider. On a big race day, Irad is money. He was fucking horrible at Keeneland. He had the worst Keeneland meet of his life. Not riding very well right now. Now, he could walk into Churchill and stroke five races, but he could also continue not riding well. Confidence is a real thing. So you have to build these cases together. But if you're going to actually try to handicap, of course favorites are going to show you big numbers or it's going to look at, can you find holes in the resume? It's like a seven-point favorite in football, and you go, wait a minute. They haven't played on the road. They're susceptible to the pass. The quarterback's inexperienced. They're playing this other team at night. Their quarterback's great. And all of a sudden, you build a case. You go, I like this underdog. I don't like this favorite. It's the same shit here. And the difference is instead of a point spread, you're getting heavily weighted paramutual odds. Uh, so you get paid for your opinion. So in my world, I'm looking for, you know, five to one, six to one, eight to one. And you guys know what those odds represent. Uh, that's what I want. So as I go through these cards, um, I'm willing to be beaten by favorites. I'm willing to be wrong. You have to be willing to be wrong. If you're going to begin betting horses, you're going to be wrong a lot. I mean a lot. You're going to go through streaks where you question whether you know a goddamn thing about a goddamn thing. But the key is, when I go to the track, or if I'm going to have a big betting day, like, you know, Oaks Day Derby Day, my job's to basically, can I be right once a day on a singular race bet of an exacta, triple, superfecta, whatever it may be, or a double? Um, and then, yeah, I have to find a sequence in the race day, betting a, a pick four or a pick five, and can I be right? And that's what's going to comprise my day. Um, if you try to bet every race individually and try to hit an exact every race or a win bet, every, uh, you, you, A, you better have a huge budget, and B, you can get hurt, and you are going to be wrong a shit ton. There's a reason when you're betting the multi-race wagers, most of these races you're using, two, three, four. Hell, there are certain races I won't even bullshit you. If the field isn't huge and they're evenly matched, uh, I'm not above hitting the all button. So understand what you're getting into. The real pros, and I don't even think there are pros. I mean, everybody wants to say, oh, I'm a professional horse better. Sure you are. The point is, a lot of those guys will go to the track. They'll bet one race. They'll wait all day for one betting opportunity. They have circled one thing that they want, one situation they want, one double, one pick three, one individual bet. Uh, but for our purposes, we're going to have some fun with this. And I want to just try to encourage people to get involved with the game. And if you, what I would compare it is, if if you love betting the golf with Evan, 
and the getting plus 800, plus 2,200, plus 5,000, that's horse racing. That's what, that's what we're here to do. Uh, I'm just not going to be the guy who's handing out even money shots. I hate when people go on TV and do that. I hate, I just, I don't think there's value in it. You'll get fucking killed. Favorites will win about 30% of the time, which means they're never going to win enough to pay you enough to not go broke. So with that, I guess we can just get into the card a little bit. Let's do this. I want to provide some value here. You guys are going to be hanging out, maybe watching Derby Day coverage. Maybe you just care about the Derby. Okay. If you're going to handicap the Kentucky Derby, here's how to do it. And it a little bit is what we just said. You go to race 12, Churchill Downs, 551 post. Let's do the business. And you have 20 horses. Start like this. Who can't win this race? You have to look at this and make a case of, all right, am I willing to be beaten by this horse? I just don't believe this horse can win this race. And you're going to go through here, and I think you'll find a couple of these to be, all right, this is, I'm not going to lose to this horse. Uh, and you toss them right out. Now, there are plenty of times I'll toss a horse, you get beat by him. It teaches you for the next time. And you go, all right, where did I mess up? I threw that horse out. Why didn't I believe in it? And wow, that horse just beat me. Why? How? Could I have done better there? I think when you go into the Derby, uh, you can toss probably five horses right off the rip, get you into a 15-horse field. Now, hey, that's no great shakes. That's still a bitch to handicap. But don't approach it as 20. Knock it down to 15 or 13. But that's what's fascinating about this year's edition. Other years in the Derby, I can I could knock that fucking race down. I could be down to seven or eight horses. Not this year. Guys, this race really is wide open. Uh, and I understand if... If Forte, the favorite, or Tappa Trice just goes out, wins it, people will go, well, that was easy. I just don't think it looks that way on paper. I don't think they dominate the field. I don't think their numbers tower over anybody. This is a very wide open field. And I think part of it is it's a wide open year in the three-year-old division. There is no super horse. I mean, Forte, for all of his accolades, two-year-old champion, undefeated at three, his numbers haven't gotten any better. He's not turned into a different horse. He's primarily running the same way he ran as a two-year-old. It's a damn good horse. But you know what else I don't like? I'll tell you this. Another part of my handicapping, when I see a horse has won three or more races in a row, I'm out. It is, there's a million ways to lose a horse race, and there's only one way to win it. And with Forte, he has done absolutely nothing wrong. But his numbers aren't getting better. He should have got beat in the Florida Derby. We covered that. If Mage actually left the gate, uh, he loses that race. I understand he passed him in the last 100 yards. Um, he's a great horse, won five in a row. But I think there's some knocks here on Forte. And again, I don't want to take a horse that maybe by post time is two to one in a 20-horse field, and there's a million ways to lose. And if you want to know some of those ways, listen to the post draw. It's free. Should be on your time feed. Click it. I don't know, a little, little toilet listening if you want. So knock the field down a little bit and then ask yourself, ask yourself a key question. All right, who can't win this thing? 
Now of the horses who can, can I begin to formulate a power rank? My own AP top 25 here. And I understand if you're new to it, it's going to be very difficult. But what I would encourage is this. Log out of your, your program. And this is where a race like the Derby, people write about it. They write paragraphs and entire articles on each horse. Use smart people and use their work and, and they put it into a digestible format. Do a little reading. You go out and you go, look, I, I can't figure out verifying. And I understand, don't love the post draw, but I kind of like this horse. Kind of feel like, wow, great workout last out. Wow, speed figures are not far off the top choices. Why, why can't verifying get something done? Well, that's where you start doing the reading because it will help you understand some of the, the notions you're coming up with. And, and the good part of it is the Derby is so covered. It's so talked about that there's going to be a lot of articles out there and you can cheat the system because if you're handicapping normally, you're never going to be able to have that stuff. People don't do that level of writing about, you know, regular races or even a stakes race on a random afternoon or, or a weekend. Um, I would encourage you to read some Derby previews, listen to what these people are saying. Don't use it as gospel, but try to understand it and try to let that guide you into the right spot. Now, for me, it's different. Like with a horse like Tapatrice, I'm willing to lose to Tapatrice. I didn't like the draw for Tapatrice. This is a horse that wants to ride and run uncovered to the outside. He's got some speed around him. He's going to get shuffled back. And working out a trip, and I know Rich Strike did last year, but working out a trip deep on the rail, 20-horse field, and this horse to me is a little finicky. Luis Saez is going to have to ride this horse hard to keep him engaged early because he he's not this willing early horse. And then we get to the issue of, if you look at all of his races, the Tampa Bay Derby, the Bluegrass, th this is a horse who wants to ride in the clear. No one on his right. Get outside. Well, easier said than done in this. Look, if I get beat by Tapatrice, I get beat. I'm willing. I, I, I'm going into it understanding what I'm doing. Uh, yes, I am betting against um, a regally bred $1.3 million purchase power trainer uh, in Todd Pletcher, um, power jockey in Louis Saez. It's a Gainesway thoroughbred horse. I mean, this, this is as, you know, this is royalty, okay? It's a wonderful horse, but I got to eliminate certain people, right? Got to eliminate certain horses. So I use the draw. I use the horse's running style. I use me watching those races. And I formulate a case where I go, I don't care about the odds. I think this horse is going to have a very difficult time. And if he comes running down the stretch and beats me, what the fuck am I going to do with it? There's nothing I can do with it. You take the L, you tip your cap, and you move on. That's it. So you have to go and build cases or eliminate horses. Again, I'll give you an example. There's a wild card horse in here that I could be really right about or really wrong. And I think it's the four confidence game. Long layoff. We haven't seen him since February 25th. Won the Rebel. Ran a huge figure, albeit sloppy track. So you got to factor in the mud and all that jazz. You know what I like with confidence game? 
Three out of four in the money at Churchill Downs. This is a horse who's won twice on this surface, on this track. He's kind of a Churchill horse. His workouts are really impressive. Really impressive in gearing up for this race. I mean, just damn near bullet work after bullet work after bullet work. So this horse being in the four hole doesn't bother me because, yeah, he's he's going to get out and go. Uh, I think he, he the, the ideal will be get out, get get some position. You don't want to get sealed out of here. Um, listen, to me, f- for me, I, I really think he'll be in that lead group, keeps you clean, not a lot of kickback. You're going to get a bomb price, and it's a horse I'll be mixing in into late pick five. Um, it's a horse I'll mix in underneath in things like exactas or triples or a superfecta. Um, I'm building a case. It's a total wild card, total wild card, where haven't seen him since February. How valuable are those workouts? You know, can this horse handle a little bit of added distance? This will be the deepest water it enters. Um, I, I just think there's a lot here, but guess what? You're getting paid for your opinion. 20 to 1 on the morning line. 20 to 1. Guys, that's what this game is about. Build a case, add it, make it go. So that's how you approach the Derby. I'll give you the Derby bets and all that stuff momentarily, but what I want to do is go over a couple of these races, give you more than just, you know, more than just a a singular pick. I mean, that's kind of kind of boring, isn't it? Don't we all want to gamble a little bit? So let's do that. I want to throw out a couple of these. All right, so let's start out with this. The way I want to approach these races, guys, is I'm going to try to leave out the obvious. There's going to be big, there's going to be huge favorites, a big race day. Um, But I want to just throw out some prices. I want to throw out some options. um, And I'll try to give you some reasons why without, you know, without boring you to death. So let me give you an example. Let's go to the seventh race. This is the grade two, the Twin Spires Turf Sprint Stakes. My favorite type of race is this, a turf sprint. Five and a half furlongs on the grass. The way this is, the way this is described is it's, it's basically, it's like a bull run. Um, everyone goes, huge fields, trip means everything, very hard to win by open lengths, which means everyone's kind of got a shot. Um, I'm, I'm really eyeing a bit of an exacta here. So I'm going to give you the two horses I'm going to use. And let's start with the 10, arrest me red four to one on the morning line, Wesley Ward, Irad Ortiz. Uh, this is a horse I'm familiar with, uh, bullet work last out, which means the horse is sharp and ready to go. Um, I think I, I, I like breaking on the outside here. I think he's going to be able to just kind of sit on the outside shoulder um, of the early speed, and you're going to get that first run. I also love what's called second off the layoff. So this was a horse that raced at the Breeders' Cup and the Breeders' Cup turf sprint um, was was okay. Um, came back April 8th, and now you get second off that layoff. So view it like shook the rust off. Now you get the real deal. And when you combine it, 
with that bullet workout. Um, five furlongs, April 29th, big work. I think Aresmi Red comes into the race razor sharp. I don't think we'll get four to one, but I'm going to do an exact box here. So I'm going to try to give you some bets, but I'm going to use the 10 and I'm going to use the horse on the outside of him. Motorious. Um, eight to one on the morning line. Now this horse is going to ship in from the West coast. Uh, this is a Santa Anita Del Mar horse and look, put up an absolute monster figure, uh, at Santa Anita in the grade three, uh, stake it ran in. I mean, put a monster figure up. This horse is in good order. And if you look at it, yes, he's been running at six and a half furlongs. This is five and a half. Well, if you go back and look, it's one at this distance. It's had two shots. It's finished first. It's finished second. I'm not telling you it's world-beating fields. The point I'm making is I'm looking for prices, guys. I can't take chalk in a race like this. So what I'm going to look to do is a little bit of a key box. Uh, I'll use the 10 as my main deal. I think the 10 is going to finish first or second. Uh, and I'm going to key box it, and I'll put it with the 11. And then you have a decision to make. Do you want to use the favorite, Big Invasion? Really nice horse. You get Joel Rosario, Christophe Clement, great turf trainer. Um, do you want to use this horse? I get it if you do. I do. Um, horse done nothing wrong. You're getting second off the layoff uh, of you on that. One for one at Churchill Downs. But here's what's really scary. This horse is what you call a specialist. Six out of seven going five and a half furlongs. That's all this horse does. Certain distances, it just hits certain horses right between the eyes. Big invasion goes five and a half on the turf. That's all they really ask him to do. Six out of seven in his career. What's really good, and again, familiar with the horse because Saratoga's turf course, you're going five and a half in a sprint. It's the way the courses are designed. It syncs up with Churchill Downs. Last time this horse ran at Churchill, you guessed it, this weekend, a year ago, in a stakes race, and it won. So, yes, I think you have to use Big Invasion. I'd love to offer you something a little sexier um, and, and go bigger, go home. I think if you're looking to do it, if you're looking to do it, what can I find for you guys? It might be underneath only. If you're going to do it, let me offer you a horse that I think might drift up on the board a little bit. The seven, nothing better. Um, Manny Franco aboard is a New York jockey who I happen to love. Uh, nothing better. Five to one on the morning line. Might get a little forgotten. Uh, it's not some big-time trainer, right? You don't have Pletcher or Clement or Chad. Uh, this is a horse at the distance, loves five and a half. Eight of 11 in the money at the distance, five for 11 on the Ws. Has not run at Churchill, but you're getting second off the layoff. And here's what I really like. This horse is going to fucking go. And in a five and a half blitz, if you want to ensure that you have a decent trip. If you want to ensure you don't get pinned, boxed, checked, etc. Well, let me tell you. The NBA playoffs are underway and you want to get to the game? Me too, but 
I'm a Pistons fan. Let me live through you. Get your tickets with Game Time. Game Time is an authorized ticket marketplace of the NBA, which means you're getting your playoff tickets even faster. Prices on Game Time actually go down closer to tip off. Save up to 60% buy on last minute for sports, concerts, comedy, whatever. Like, let's look at the Denver Nuggets. Reigning champs, hot ticket. You click on the uh, the game in the app. Flash deals under 300 bucks. Yellow lightning bolt. It stands out. Red fire emoji. Cheapest seat 115 bucks, and that's all in pricing. That's no surprise fees at checkout. I've used Game Time to buy Red Wings tickets. Nothing better than going to a baseball game day of. Boom, boom. You click in. Easy to navigate. Take the guesswork out of buying NBA tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app and create an account. Use that code Cash for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Redeem the code. Cash, C-A-S-H, for $20 off. Download the Game Time app today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Getting out to the lead and telling everybody, how's my ass look? That's a surefire way to do it. Nothing better is going to go and comes in off of just bullet work after bullet work after bullet work after bullet work. They're pumping nothing but speed into this horse. And that's what he does. At the quarter pole of his last four races, first, second by a head, first, first. This horse wants to lead. If he's going to win, he's going to wire it. And here's what can happen. Five and a half turf blitz. All it takes is any break in pace. Maybe this horse gets out. Maybe nobody challenges. Maybe it's not this crazy hot pace, which means the closers are going to be hurt. I think the seven, nothing better. Super interesting. So what I'm going to do is, yes, I the 10 is going to be how I key the race, arrest me red. I think you could use the 10 with the 11, the 10 with the four, the 10 with the seven. You can go that route. You could box a triple. You do whatever you like. I'm giving you the horses that intrigue me in this race. Um, I'll key box 10-11, 10-4, and probably 10-7. Mix and match. But I'm going to key the 10. I really think Arrest Me Red is going to run a nice race here, uh, and I'm going to go with it. I just feel like this is a really good spot for this horse. And, hey, man, you got to play your opinions, right? So I'm going to take the odds. It's a combination of odds, performance, the rest. All right. So that's race, what was that? Race seven. Uh, that is the the turf sprint delight, the Mikey delight. All right, let's go to the Pat Day mile. I want to just throw one at you that's real, real quick. I think there's an interesting horse in here, and I think you got a shot to get some decent odds. All right, so Pat Day mile. Let's get into this one. This is uh, race eight, 2.46 p.m. Look, I think this is a, a really interesting race. And I I just feel like you've got options galore over here. 
And part of it starts with I'm throwing out a couple of horses that I think are going to take money. So let me start with who could go off as the favorite echo again. Um, don't love. Best way I can put it. Don't love this horse. Now, look, I'm willing to get beat. I'm willing to be hurt again. Steve Asmussen, Winchell, I mean, biggest client, famous silks. Um, looking at seven to two, it's a tepid favorite in this field. And I, and I think that's appropriate. Um, I don't love the works coming into it. And look, I just feel like you can beat this horse. I feel like this is a soft favorite. I do. And when I see that, I think I seduce myself into it where I just, now I go all in to beat a good horse and look, I'm willing to get burned. Um, but seven to two is a morning line favorite is very tepid. So I, I wanted to toss that horse and I'll tell you the other one I don't want to use. I don't want to use Fort Bragg, the seven, um, Fort Bragg ran the Florida Derby was there that day. Um, I didn't think he was terrible, but I don't love these Tim Yachtine horses. I don't, I just don't think this is some monster here. And frankly, I'm not interested again, nine to two, very tepid. Uh, I'm going to go for some prices in this deal. And one of them is a horse that I really, really, really wanted to bet uh, in the fountain of youth. And he scratched general Jim. I remember we were joking around with cookies about this. Now, look, has been working well. Obviously, we haven't seen him since February 4th. In the swale, wins the race. I think this horse is super, super interesting. Workouts look good. Clearly, the horse is in good order. So you put put the scratch away there. I think he had a fever the week of that race. The point is, they've pointed to this deal. I think you're going to get something real interesting um, price-wise. And for me, um, maybe five to one. Uh, I'm going to use General Jim here. Louis Saez aboard. Love that. I like the nine in here. I like the 10 Curly Jack. Look, you're going to look at Curly Jack and you're going to go, well, wait a minute now. If this horse is so sweet, what's the problem? Well, your issue is he broke like shit in the Louisiana Derby. So right off the top, his race was over at the start of it. Okay. Um, he's come out of some strong races. This is a horse that is as battle tested as anyone in here. I'd argue more so going graded stakes company exclusively the last five races. Uh, it's a horse familiar with this course, three career starts, two wins in a second. Uh, that includes winning the Iroquois last year, the grade three, um, finishing second in grade two. So horse for course angle. Um, and Tommy Amos has always got a way to pull a rabbit out of the hat with a price. I think Curly Jack, super interesting. Uh, so General Jim, Curly Jack, and I want to offer one other one here. I want to offer the three, Lugan Knight. And you're going to go, all right, Mike's lost it. This horse looks like shit. Do me a favor. If you go back to March 4th and you look at the Gotham, tell me what you're going to see. You're going to see a horse running in a fucking bog. That track was a disaster during the Gotham. Didn't like the rain. So draw a line through it. What's the problem, right? Then the last time out, they decide, all right, we're going to go out here. And now we're going to shorten the horse up a little bit. Go seven furlongs instead of a mile. I don't think he liked it. Straight up. Don't think he liked it at all. So if I look at this, we're going we're gonna to get him 
back to a distance that he wants. If you go three back in the Jerome, goes wire to wire. If this horse breaks, gets that lead, and gets comfortable, gets brave, guys, you're going to get paid on that opinion. And I just feel like people are going to forget about this horse because the last – look, he was on basically a linear development curve, breaking his maiden at Keeneland uh, in the fall. Goes up, moves up eight points on the speed figures against winners first time. Doesn't win, but could have. And then next time out, goes another four points higher on the speed figures January 7th in a stake race and wins. Now, they placed him in a couple of tough spots. He didn't like the weather one day and the, the, the track. And then the next, it was a shorten up and a tough, a tough spot. I think Lugan Knight is interesting. I really do. So the way I'm going to approach this race, I don't want to take the chalk. I think it's a wide open field. I'm going to use Curly Jack. Uh, I'm going to use Lugan Knight. And I am going to use doo, 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 General Jim in here. So I'm going to key box the 10 with the 9 and the 10 with the 3. We're going to go bomb hunting on that one. All right, let's move this thing along so you're not listening to an hour-long podcast here. But I'm having a decent time and the Tigers are playing a day game. Uh, I want to take you to race 10, I believe, is the next one I had in my notes. All right, race 10. Here's your problem. This may be one of the non-negotiable favorites, so it's our job to find where's cookies when I need them, value. How do we find value in this deal? We'll start out with Cody's wish and why it's non-negotiable. Um, and first of all, the race itself, uh, the grade one, the Churchill Down stakes, they're going seven furlongs on dirt. Look, Cody's wish, it's kind of an alien. I mean, this horse puts up figures that are just pretty goddamn jaw-dropping, frankly. Good older horse. Uh, four straight triple-digit buyers, uh, including a 112 in the forego at Saratoga in the summer. Uh, they brought him back for the Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile. Uh, wins that dead game, wins it by a head. Uh, this is a horse that just, A, finishes up super fast. It's just, it's battle-tested. Cody's wish is going to be really tough to work around, guys. And I I don't take any pride handing you an even money favorite, but if you can find your way around Cody's wish, uh, God bless, man. I'm, I'm rooting for you. Um, but I, here's what I'm going to do to extract value. I'm going to play a couple exactus here. Uh, and I'm going to use some prices underneath to try to give shout out cookies value. Um, I want to start out with the three hear me song. Uh, this horse is 30 to one. You don't have a big trainer. You don't have a big jock, but you know what you do have? You got a horse that's got some figures here. Why can't this horse rally up and no, not beat Cody's wish, but why can't this horse come running? Uh, and frankly, look, they just ran on April 8th at Keeneland uh, in the Commonwealth. Horse won it. Previously, you know, again, the horse was running on synthetic, couple of stake races, okay performances, stepped up, ran real well, faced Hoist the Gold, who's in this, uh, faced Get Her Number, uh, who's in this. Why not? Uh, and by the way, in that race in the Commonwealth, kind of blew the start. You're going to get a huge price. You're not going to box it. Uh, I think you put Hear Me Song underneath. And I'll give you another one that I think is kind of interesting is Fortin Hill. Uh, again, I think people will sleep on trainer. People will sleep on jock. This is a horse, four straight races. Better and better and better and better. I love when a horse gets a break. Um, 
ran on Breeders' Cup Day at Keeneland, not in a Breeders' Cup race, but ran on that day, and they gave him a break. Uh, comes back April 8th, huge figure off the layoff, horses in good order, work tab looks right. Look, I know he's going he's gonna to have to be, he's going to have to step up to win the race big time. He's not going to win. I'd be stunned. But why can't this horse finish up underneath? Has a speed figure that could do it. You're getting 20 to 1 on the morning line. Again, guys, you don't need to bet a lot to win here. What I'm not going to do is hand out an exacta of Cody's wish and endorsed and have you win, you know, $11. I'm not interested. That doesn't do anything for me. Uh, I don't want any part of endorsed either. Shame on me. I'm leaving a Mike Maker horse out, but whatever. Um, I'm going to pair this horse up, Cody's wish. I can't work around it. Uh, I'm going to take the seven. I'll play a couple exacttas. I'm going to use Hear Me Song. I'm going to use um, Fortin Hill. White Abario's the horse. I just can't work my way around. I kind of think he's a horse for the for a different course. He's a Gulfstream horse. This is look. They brought him back on March fourth um, at Gulfstream Park because this horse hadn't won in a calendar year. Uh, they they did everything. They went to the Ohio Derby. They ran in the Haskell, the Pennsylvania Derby, the Cigar Mile. They, they, they did it all. They didn't win any of them. Uh, in my mind, they overshot the moon. They got a little bit too excited about this horse, and they damn near wrecked him. So they brought him back in a soft landing spot here, March 4th, go down into that optional claimer level, wins it by four and a half, gaudy speed figure. I don't know, man. He's worked well since the race. He could beat me. I'm just not really into it. I don't want to use him. You can if you want. Um, I've given you the horses I like there. Move it forward. Let's go. Uh, this is where we're going to play a little double. Um, I think you've got an opportunity here to beat a couple soft favorites. This is the grade one. This is Turf Classic Stakes. Race 11. It's the lead into the Kentucky Derby. They're going a mile and eight. They're going along uh, on the turf. So here's where I'm at with this. If you want to use your favorites, you can. Uh, I think you're looking at Santin will probably go off as the favorite, the eight, uh, nine to two on the morning line. It's a soft, soft favorite. This is an open field. So automatically, I kind of want to go a different direction. Um, I, I don't want to take a soft favorite. I think you can poke some serious holes in this. And I, I just don't know if this horse is the same horse at five as he was at early four-year-old year, and certainly uh, his three-year-old season where he was monstrous. I think it's kind of like a fading horse. I'm going to stay away from it. I can't do it with the eight. I think you've got options all over the board here, all over the board. And I want to give you one that's interesting, and I might get crushed on this, but I want to take you to the two horse. It's a Chilean horse, Masterpiece. Now, look. I'm not telling you you're not going to be able to poke some holes in the form here, okay? This is a horse who cost me some money uh, when I was there on March 4th at Gulfstream, and I really liked him, and I thought he'd win the race, and just just didn't. Safi Joseph, uh, Gulfstream Park trainer. This is a horse, super battle-tested, all graded stakes. Consistency, runs his race. Uh, has it been good enough to win of late? No. Lost by length and a half, lost by a length and three quarters, but in the mix in a couple of grade twos. I, I thought he was absolutely going to win his last out in the Pan American April 1st at Gulfstream. Just 
I think I think he got burnt up a little bit, and I think they went a little too long. Mile and a half versus mile and an eighth. Why is it relevant? Well, what's this horse at this distance? Loves the mile and an eighth. Three out of four lifetime winner. Uh, I think Masterpiece at eight to one is super, super interesting here. Uh, it's a horse I like. I'm admitting some bias, and I'm going to give it a whirl here, and I'm going to make sure I mix the two in. I think the five up to the mark is probably going to take a ton of money. Uh, probably will go off as your post-time favorite, not Santin. It's Pletcher. It's Irad Ortiz, Mike Rapoli, St. Elias Stable, if you follow New York Racing. That is as power a duo as it gets. Vinny Viola with St. Elias, Rapoli. The Silks look like the New York Mets. He grew up in Queens. He's a Mets fan. Everyone knows him. Uh, this is a power, power group, duo, whatever you want to call it. Um, up to the mark, here's what I like. Just ran on April 14th at Keeneland, and they are bringing this horse right back. And Todd Pletcher is no dummy. He's bringing this, back, this horse back on three weeks. He's telling you this horse is fucking sharp. Um, look, Maker's Mark Mile was a big test. He acquitted himself nicely. He didn't do anything wrong there. Um, I think the five is going to be very formidable here. I don't think you have a chance in H-E-L-L-L of seeing four to one, but I'd be an idiot to throw him out. Um, the other favorite I'm not using would be Hong Kong Harry. Look, I'm the last guy in the world. I'm just not... I am not playing exactas with favorites. If you're doing multi-race wagers, of course I'm throwing the seven in. Of course I'm using the five. Might still kick Santin. But if you're trying to just play the race, I want to give you some horses you're not thinking about. So I think the five, I'm going to use the five, probably key box the five with the two. I got some interest in the nine and the 10. Spooky Channel and Bye Bye Melvin. Again, when you're looking at these horses, I think you'll get price. Bye-bye Melvin hasn't been seen since the Breeders' Cup turf. Grade one. Um, look, a little bit overmatched, clearly. Gets a break. Works look good. I, to me, he's going to shorten up a little bit here. I think that that is, A, it's his best career figure at this distance. Uh, I just think it's a better spot for him. And I think he's going to break. He's going to go to the lead. Um, and if not, he'll sit right off of it. I love the outside post for that. You just get to sit on the outside shoulder and take first run. Uh, I really dig bye-bye Melvin here on the outside. And then if you wanted to use Spooky Channel, the nine, look, horse in good, good order. Uh, Joel Rosario stays aboard. He had his choice. He could have a choice of horses to ride in here. So I would use the five, and I think he's interesting with the two, nine, and ten. I know. This is a long podcast. Sorry. Um, and I apologize if you're a horse player and you're looking for just an even more geeky, granular. Guys, I can't do it. We'd have nobody listening. It'd be seven of us. So let me get to the Kentucky Derby. So here we go. I am not going to go down all 20 horses. What I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you who I'm going to put on top. I'm using two horses that I believe are going to win the race. And it's not Forte. And it's not Tapatrice. And if I get beat, I get beat. And I openly admit it. I have not done great on the Derby lately. Uh, I did not have Rich Strike last year. Um, and in the years prior, it's been a little chalky. Horses like Always Dreaming, Justify, American Pharaoh, etc. I, I don't want to take a favorite in these races. So buyer beware. So here's what I'm going to do. 
Let me give you the horses I am using as a part of multi-race wagers. And then I will tell you who I'm going to use on top as my pick to win the race. If that works for everybody. Okay. Uh, I am using in the multi-race. I think I am going to use the two verifying. Um, obviously the draw, not optimal. He's going to have to go. Uh, he wants to be forwardly placed anyways, but you don't get a fucking choice when you're sitting at the two here. Um, I think it's going to be a stretch for him to win this race, but I want to get a couple horses in my multi-race wagers where we're sitting up front, where we've got less kickback and I get a little bit more control of a race. I'm going to mix in verifying. I'm going to mix in two fills, and this is one I probably should be off of, but I can't let go of this horse. All this dude does is just travel, run well, um, yes, last time out, Turfway Park, Synth, um, ran a huge figure, but sharp as hell coming into this. If there's any moisture, this horse is going to love it. Um, bred for this distance. I think that, that there is no issue with that. And I just feel like he's saving all the ground around the track. Unlike Tapa Trice, I don't see anything with this horse where he demands a certain placement where I can't have anybody on my outside or I need to be inside. I think he's going to save the ground. He's going to make one big run. And I think two fills is just interesting. I wish the price were a little bigger, but 12 to one. So I'm going to mix in the two, mix the three. Confidence games a horse. I have no idea what to do with. I'll be upfront with you. I haven't seen the horse since February 25th. Um, and you're coming into this race and you're like, all right, you know he's going to be forwardly placed. You know they're going to want to get him out there. The problem is his best performance of his life was in the slop. He's working out great. Well-spaced, cranked up. I don't know what to do with confidence game. I don't. I'm probably using him underneath in some exactas, um, but I, I, don't, I can't get there to put him in my multi-races. Um, so you can use him in the race. I'm not going to use him in the pick five, though. I'm going to put him underneath in some exactas. Tapa Trice, look, I'm either going to look like an absolute, well, I'll look like more of an idiot than I am, or I made a good call. I don't like the draw. I don't like his running style with what he demands and being on the outside, working the trip. Um, I had to make a separation between two fills and Tapa Trice. And frankly, Tapa Trice could go off as a co-favorite. Versus horse, I might get twelve to fifteen to one on. I'm gonna I'm gonna use two fills. I'm not using Tampa Trice. If I get beat, I tip my cap and I move on. Uh, Kings Barnes, I'm out. I think he'll get to the front, but he's lightly raced. I don't have a lot of respect for the Louisiana Derby crop this year. Uh, I just think you're asking too much, too quick. Can't do it. Uh, reincarnate? No, thank you. Uh, it's Tim Yachtine in a big race. I want no part of it. And if this horse, if there's trouble. This horse kind of will find it. So I'm out on reincarnate 50 to one. I think it's for good reason. The eight, this is what's going to break my heart, but I have to do this. If you truly love something, you have to let it go and see if it returns to you. I have to let go of mage. I fucking love this horse. I think this horse has the heart of a lion, but he breaks like a fucking idiot. He can't get out of the gate. It's ev. I mean, he just cannot get out of the gate. If he broke half asleep, not totally comatose, he beats Forte in the Florida Derby. Full stop. I love this horse. But if you don't break well in the Kentucky Derby, 
you are fucking toast. And I have no evidence that this horse is capable of breaking well. And I swear to you, I'm going to be on a knee, broken, my soul, emotionally, physically, when this horse beats me, the day I'm off of him. But I cannot do it. I'm off of Mage. Um, Skinner's one I'm pro I need to pay more attention to. West Coast horse, 20 to 1. I can't get there for a win. I get it if you want to put him underneath. I'm out on practical move. I've given you my reasons before. Uh, I think he's had a couple of dream trips. I think the distance is going to be a real problem here. He was dying in the Santa Anita Derby. Dying. Uh, begging. You could see the horse mouthing wire like, like Mr. Ed. I'm out on practical move. Disarm I'm using underneath. Uh, I'm not going to put him in the multi-races. I think this arm is cranked up, ready to go. Uh, I think he is a very interesting horse underneath in this deal. Plus, I'm a gun runner slappy out on Jace's Road, out on Sun Thunder. And we arrive at the horse I'm going to put on top in the Kentucky Derby, the 14 Angel of Empire, Brad Cox, Flavian Pratt. Uh, this horse just gets better and better and better and better. Um, look, he's improved every time out. Uh, I, I thought his Arkansas Derby stretch run was incredibly impressive. Uh, and I love the fact he's going to sit. Him and Forte are lined up next to each other. And they're going to sit. Uh, I think there's a scenario, it could be fascinating, where it's Angel of Empire and Forte battling down the stretch. But I'm going to plant my flag. I'm going to go with 8-1 to one over 3-1. to one. Uh, I'm going to take Angel of Empire to win the Kentucky Derby. Uh, I, I just feel like... The distance doesn't bother me. I love the trainer. Uh, I love the horse, the way he has worked, the way he has run. Uh, he's had to battle two back in the Risen Star. It wasn't like that was any piece of cake. Uh, I just, this is my pick. This is where I'm going, and I'm probably going to get crushed. Uh, I'm going to take Angel of Empire on top. I will use Forte in multi-race wagers. Uh, I will use him in the Exactas. And then that brings me to the 17. Um I understand no horse has ever won from the 17 hole. I can't make that some big deal. Uh, I am fascinated by Derma Sotogake. Absolutely fascinated. Um, the Japanese have never won the Derby, but they are getting better and better and better and better. And their horses look better, run better, are better. Um, I understand if you are skeptical of the UAE Derby. I understand if you don't believe the horse is as fast as he displayed that day. Uh, I just think for me, th 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 this horse is really potentially the one that breaks through. And you're getting a price. I don't mind the 17 draw. He's going to want to get out. He's going to want to go. Um, I think clearly the horse next to him, you know, raise Kane at 50 to one. I, I don't know what choice you have, but they're going to have to get out and go a little bit. The point is, you get out, as long as you're not six wide on that first turn, I think they're going to be able to sit, stalk. Um, if no one goes, or if people who do go don't run fast, I think Dermasotagake could get out, grab the lead. And if you've got the lead in the Kentucky Derby and you're setting the tone, you're dangerous. Uh, you saw it with Always Dreaming a few years back. Got out to the lead. Nobody really wanted to go. He got to dictate fractions, took the goddamn thing the whole way. The two horses I'm putting on top in the Derby, Angel of Empire, 
and Dermasodagake. And underneath, if you're doing exactas, uh, don't bring up Rocket Can because it just hurts my soul and the horse just continues to beat me up and I, I just, I can't do it anymore. So I'm going to use the 14 and the 17 on top uh, and underneath an exactas, or if you want a box, uh, I am going to use Forte. I have to, I have to respect him. He hasn't gotten better, but he's already really good. I'm going to use Forte. I'm going to use Disarm. Uh, I am going to let go of some love affairs with Mage and such. Uh, I am going to use the four and the three and the two. So it'll be a, like, a, like a two by four exacta. Um, and in multi-race wagers, if we're doing the late pick five, which you know we are, uh, Angel of Empire, Dermasodagake, probably the two that I use, and I would add Forte and probably go three ways out in the last leg. So late double if you want it into the Derby. That's the other thing. And why would you play a double? Well, first of all, the Derby with 20 horses, it's going to juice the back end of the double. We talked earlier on the race prior. I think you've got infinitely beatable favorites there. So with that in mind, let me just remind you, let's use up to the mark, the five, and let's use the nine spooky channel and bye-bye Melvin. Five, nine, 10. You could use Masterpiece if you want to. Uh, and I'm going to go into Angel of Empire and Dermasodagake. So a three by two or a four by two, um, guys. Type of thing where if, if you pick the horse you want to win that front end and the horse you want to win the Kentucky Derby, twenty bucks could win you. Christ, twenty bucks will win you a thousand dollars, straight up. Uh, so, hey, if your anniversary is uh, eight four, well, congratulations. You know, roll out, get yourself a Santin confidence game double. Twenty bucks will win you twenty five hundred. That's the kind of numbers we're talking about here. So, look, whatever you do, have a good time with it. Um, believe me, if I were uh, able to crush the Derby every year, I wouldn't work for a living. I'm probably going to lose, and I'm going to love every second of it because it is two great days of horse racing. It's a wonderful event. Um, I hope you got some level of enjoyment out of it. I hope you got some level of, I don't know, data or an idea or a clue. Um and look, I understand if you're a horse degenerate and you just were hoping for something even more granular and backtracks and studying video. Guys, remember, I run a business, all right? I don't do a horse racing podcast in my basement. I have to appeal to an audience. So I love you guys if you love the game. Um, but you know what? You probably don't need my help anyways, right? So there you go. That's the Derby Megapod. All in, all there for you. Really appreciate you guys listening. And I'll be honest, fucking fun for me to do it it's one less day of talking lions and all the terrible teams in detroit have fun with it be responsible i hope you guys fucking crush it um and hell if you pick a number and a color of a horse you like and you hit it i ain't mad at you do your thing that's cash the ticket we will talk to you guys real soon